Welcome back to Almost Famous Minute, where we're discussing the 2000 Cameron Crowe film Almost Famous, one minute at a time. I'm Eric Nash from Almost, uh, <laughs> from Almost Famous Minute, yeah. <laughs> we'll just go with that. Dave. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, well, uh, I'm Dave, uh, and I'm with my partner, Holly. We have a podcast called What Difference Does It Make? It's uh, 80s based. and we talk to all our favorite artists from the 80s. And we're happy to be here with you, with Eric. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Holly. Hey, great, to, great to hear from you uh, and, and see you, too, here in Zoom. Uh, sorry you can't see me. Um, but uh, Very uh, yeah, mysterious, Dave Eric. Too, thank you very much. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks so much for, for joining uh, me. And uh, we're making our way through the movie, Almost Famous. Uh, boy, uh, this week we're continuing on a little bit with uh, this great scene from uh, the last, starting a week or two ago even. Um, but this is Minute 78. It starts with Dennis talking about Mick Jagger and ends with the band and entourage walking from the bus to the plane. This is a pivotal scene, I think. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and like I was mentioning in the uh, little uh, green room that we have, green room discussion that we that we I usually do with uh, guests, um, uh, there is actually this uh, crazy amount of extra uh, dialogue uh, from deleted scenes, and really, it's essentially right away <laughs> we, we get into some of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dennis is talking, doing his sales pitch kind of thing. But that's actually going to get turned around on its head here momentarily. But we'll, we'll get to that moment in a few minutes uh, when we get to it, uh, how that uh, how that happens. But uh, you know, one so so it's it's actually just a tail. It's almost connected between last minute and this minute. But uh, in in the deleted scenes, uh, Dennis is asking the question to the group. Uh, uh, do you know Claire Rothman at the LA Forum? Do you know Bobby Cowan, Danny Marcus? Um, and then, and then, and then another one, Lisa Robinson. Do you know Frank Barcelona? And that's not spelled like the city in Spain. <laughs> it's a different spelling. Uh, this is Cleveland. Where's Kid Leo? Where is he? So all these names are just crazy. And uh, you know, do you know those names? I, I've looked. I've looked a few of them up. Not all of them. I, it sounds like you might actually know know uh, some well, of them. Yeah, I know, um, Kid a couple Leo. of them piqued my ears. You know, like yeah, oh, Kid, that sounds a little familiar. But Cleveland Rocks. Kid Leo was the yeah. um, the PD at uh, at the pivotal rock station in Cleveland. Wow. And um, Lisa Robinson, Ooh. a uh, renowned uh, rock critic. Um, who we've, an, we've tried to get author. onto our podcast, who <laughs> keeps yeah, turning wow. us down. <laughs> We're still trying to get her. Um, but yeah, these are, uh, you know, the, um, I, I think actually that's that's kind of what uh, what, what managers do during his, the managers put out fires. I don't know if you've ever, uh, you know, they're, they're almost like babysitters in a way, you know, the, oh, yeah. the, the, the kids go nuts and then the manager, you know, and then they and the band they get leaves, and then the manager picks up everything and pays for whatever is needs to uh, be taken care of and pays off, you know, the uh, the cleaning bill and the uh, you know the whatever the, uh, the their their drug connection, whoever. Oh wow! You know, <laughs> or just what you know keeps everything running smoothly to make sure mm -hmm. that the band gets to the next gig. Um, and then, you know, he's always, he's always the last to leave and the first to arrive. So, you know, it's, it's a dirty job. Yeah. Right. Especially this... back in the seventies. <laughs> mm -hmm. I didn't even realize the names that you were, that, that you were listing off until you got to Lisa Robinson and then Kid Leo, of course, that, that those were actual people. Yeah. 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 And it seems like, yeah, at least half of them. I mean, maybe not all of these, I mean, unless you know for sure. Yeah, I think a few of them were from the, well, you mentioned the forum, which is probably yeah. the, you know, the manager at the time of, uh, uh, you know, of, uh, of that venue. Um, I'm, I'm sure she has many Led Zeppelin stories to tell. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it, music business, it, you know, you kind of fake it till you make it. And I, I think uh, a lot of these managers are doing that. I think in, in the scene, they're, 
the band was, I, as, uh, as I'm sure we'll touch on, but the band thinks that, uh, that what, um, I'm sorry, that, that Dennis, uh, played by, uh, by Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon, Fallon, yeah, that, uh, that he's auditioning for the band. Yeah. But, that, but is, that is not the case at all. No. Yeah, right. And that, that, that comes up definitely like I was trying to hint at a little bit that, uh, yeah, he definitely makes it clear that uh, that w- is not the case. Um, but uh, before we get there just a little bit, you know, I mean. <laughs> We're jumping a, ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's de- there's definitely, no, that's all right. Um, but, you know, there's definitely, you know, like like I said in the starts with, end with ends with, <laughs> very common in this movies by minute format that a lot of people use that. Uh, but, you know, you know, his line of, because if you think Mick Jagger will be still, will still be out there trying to be a rock star at age 50, 50, <laughs> you're sadly, sadly mistaken. And, and, I, you know, he does his, he does his a mini Jagger impression. You know, I mean, he, he definitely, uh, you know, with SNL and, and actually, I think it's actually, I think the last time I saw it was uh, on the tonight show where Fallon was, uh, with, uh, uh, Jagger there you know in the room acting as a mirror <laughs> yeah uh, yeah that was on saturday yeah. night live he always does that yeah like the finger pointing you're gonna do the finger pointing yep. what do you want to do the finger pointing you want to do the rooster let's do the rooster <laughs> the audience loves the rooster <laughs> we're gonna do the wave what's the <laughs> uh yeah i mean that, we we wouldn't exist i don't think if uh, rock stars gave up at 50 so thankfully no, yeah, we have a right. we have a podcast of the '80s, and most of the bands we see now are in their fifties and and older. It'd be a shame if Robert Smith gave it gave it all up. So uh, you know we still need to see these bands. So are we talking about the actual scene now, or are we talking? Are we still talking about what was not in the film? I see that the the, the yeah. Mick Jagger is still trying to be a rock star at fifty. Oh yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's in the actual film. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, he, uh, well, <laughs> I didn't invent the rainy day, man. I just own the best umbrella. If Jimmy Fallon could pull this off so well. Was it all, could you tell, did you watch the deleted scenes? Was it mostly, do you think it was improvised or was it, uh, Ooh. was that uh, in the script? What, you know, when you let Jimmy Fallon go? Well, I mean, can, you know theatrical or or deleted either one uh you know i i don't know that for sure you know i don't uh i haven't i haven't seen a for sure you know script versus transcript you know i i use those terms fairly interchangeably usually but gosh when when you actually talk about it in that respect i i need to, i need to clarify and say i've i've seen transcripts of the movie but i don't know that i've seen a real script you know uh so yeah, what 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 really is uh, things that he came up with on his own, or just fed little ideas to possibly by uh, Cameron versus uh, Cameron's real. Uh, but I mean, you know, one one of the huge things I've been saying a fair amount of times when we do talk about this, the the uh, director's cut, the untitled bootleg cut, you know, not real, not real, not a real bootleg, something you can't get, and you, you said you you have yourself, Dave. Uh, but it's a matter of, it was a matter of Steven Spielberg supposedly saying to Crow that he needs to shoot like every word of dialogue, you know, and and that dialogue is what's the more, mo- most important part, you know, any little scene directions in, in the, in the script that might've been there, um, you know, they probably aren't as quite as important from Cameron's or Steven Spielberg's point of view, but, but, uh, definitely it's, 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 you know, we, we get that theatrical cut. We, we get to see that now, uh, because supposedly of, uh, Steven Spielberg's suggestion, uh, advice. Thank you, Mr. Spielberg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do know he was, uh, like, um, he did have, Dennis was wearing, uh, his, his beard was kind of an homage to, uh, to Irving Azoff. Oh, okay. The, cool. He's the uh, manager of the Eagles, famously, and um, and kind of took over rock and roll. What was it? Um, what was uh, Don Henley's quote? Do you know that? Oh, from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, or the yeah, yeah. Know? He may be Satan, but he's our Satan, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's I mean, um, 
as I, I watched the, uh, the director's cut and Cameron Crowe says in this scene that this is, this captures the moment that rock changes. And so mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's kind of, you know, going on at the same time that this meeting's taking place. You have Penny Lane also dancing in the, uh, in the empty auditorium, which is kind of the innocence of rock and roll. And then you've got the, the reality of it going on at the same time. Mm, yeah, it's a good point. Kind of cool. Um, one, one, so a little bit more deleted scene dialogue here, right after he says, I just done the best umbrella. He then says, and as much as you may believe that this is going to last forever, it does not. Your biggest fan right now, your biggest fan soon will go to college, is going to want to pay some, or want to, going to want to buy some clothes, spend that money somewhere, some other where. <laughs> and you know what? They'll tape your record for a friend. So if, I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's the classic. I don't know if you guys have watched, you know, um, uh, Aaron Sorkin's newsroom, but that got derided a, a fair amount. It seemed like at the time, at least that it was all this, you know, oh yeah, they can look back at these things that were happening roughly a couple years prior in their timeline that happened in our real world and, you know, make this, make this news team out to be so wonderful uh great ability to report the news so well because they had hindsight you know the benefit of hindsight yeah, right that, that's a touchy thing that i mean maybe more so with news than in you know rock and roll but it is still a delicate uh especially so soon after uh still a delicate mm -hmm. piece to take on I'm a huge fan of news newsroom. I think is the best best series of all time. And Aaron Sorkin, wow. you know, we idolize, but they did a good job with it. As did oh, yeah. uh, Cameron Crowe. Yeah, I, I guess it was. Well, the taping was uh, was the the big scare back then. Like, oh, okay, everyone's yeah. gonna everyone's gonna take their Maxell tape, <laughs> and, uh, and and just put it and just record it, and they're not going to go to record stores anymore, and that's going to be the end of that. But everyone, there's always been doomsday, you know, when yeah. TV came, people thought no one would go to the movies anymore. And, um, you know, when, you know, now, you know, when the Napster came about, you're like, no, okay, that's it. The, the music business is over. It's never, it's never wow. going to be the same, which it's not. But, but now there's million, you know, uh, record labels are, are raking in millions, billions from, uh, from streaming. So, um you know, it's, uh, you know, everything, it keeps, industries keep changing and you just kind of have to adapt. Kind of like rock stars. They kind of, you, you can't stay in your lane. Sometimes you got to, you know, reinvent yourself. So, so was that what Stillwater would be doing, you know, in the 80s. So was that the end of that scene? Of, of that, of uh, Jimmy Fallon's? There's just a little bit more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So it's so, it. so it is it is the end. It's 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 an additional ending, you know, because what we, what we what we have in the theatrical is it cuts away pretty easy. It's I mean it actually stays focused on William with the voiceover from Lester, but so in the uh, in the in the uh, untitled cut, uh, Dick says to Yes Weller, thank you, Dennis. Well, uh, well, we'll think about what you said. So this kind of little bit stuttering kind of effect that he's he's putting on there. Then it says, "Oh no, you you don't understand. I'll I'll think about it. I'm not auditioning. I came here to decide whether I want to re represent you. So I'll stand outside for a moment and think about whether I want to stay. It was a good show, and and that certainly that it was a good show definitely relates to. I mean, he was definitely there uh, uh, in the audience uh, in our previous minute minute or two where we realized oh he's he's actually th three or four minutes ago even uh he was actually there uh standing uh, backstage with uh you know the rest of the uh the the band-aids and william and and further behind him is where we get uh shots of uh dick doing his intro in the mic way way backstage even um and then you know and finally uh after he leaves the room 
And Larry says, I miss him already. <laughs> well, that I mean, that's the, the manager is a salesperson. That's they have to, you know, he, they, he, first of all, he has to sell himself. Then he has to sell the band to other people. So, I mean, that's, you know, it's a long line of, uh, you know, from Colonel Parker selling Elvis, you know, you mm-hmm. just, uh, that's, that's what these, you know, Peter, Peter Green, the, uh, the manager for Led Zeppelin, you know, these guys were showmen. They, they, uh, you know, they had to put on a show and impress everyone that's, you know, when you talk to them, you know, you wanted more of them. You wanted to, to kind of, you know, what, what are you selling? Oh, I want, I want a piece of this. And so, you know, in that, in his speech, when he's talking about, you know, going on planes, like, no, we, we have a bus. Oh, no, you don't want to go on a bus. You can, you can play more shows. You know, he's thinking, he's talking money. You know, he, I think in the speech, he's talking like, I don't, I don't like to talk about money, but let's, you know, he's saying, this is, this is it. Yeah, we have, to, you know, there is money out there. Your fans might not be out there forever, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, what, what you kind of touched on. Um, and nobody, nobody really knew back then. But, uh, you know, in the 70s, how, you know, how long uh, a career, most careers don't last that long. Nobody, there are no Mick Jaggers, really, you know, that, uh, you know, you can name maybe, you know, five to 10 artists that are still, that could still sell out arenas from the 60s. Um, But, but yeah, I mean, so that's, that's why a manager was so important back then. But it's also, you know, there's also the dark side. Now, are you selling out and you know is is this where you how you want your music represented um wasn't there a uh what was the the quote from uh oh there was a quote cameron crow again I, you know i listened to the uh, uh <laughs> the commentary this is a, you know i studied up but he yeah. but the one the, the one quote he said uh watching this film or watching this one scene he says uh, and talking about the the manager he says um, when money is flying, corporate mentality is not far behind. And so that was, that was the idea. Suddenly there was, people started seeing money. Oh, these bands are selling 16,000 seats in different, in so many, in every market in the United States and people are buying merchandise. You know, what else, what else, you know, what else can we do? And so suddenly, you know, you start seeing tours being uh, sponsored by, you know, I think the what was it the the, the Stones had Revlon once uh, sponsored oh, them. Wow. I think in the early '80s, something like that. But you know, you start seeing things like that now. It's accepted, but back then it's like can't do that. Yeah. So the next thing to talk about, if if you're if you're ready, it sounds like you might be. But you know, like I said, it's a voiceover from Lester. So he's he's uh, you is, know it's, it's this it's, is it's, Lester it's, Bangs, the the rock yeah. critic. Oh yeah. Is, yeah, we because we it, don't we don't see him. You know, it's cutting from a shot on William to the shot on Penny. You know, what what Lester is saying is what you were just talking about with what Cameron Crowe was saying in the in the commentary that uh, you know this pivotal point. You know, you know it, it's it's hard to believe that's the case though. You know, from 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 a forty years on standpoint <laughs> that you know. Well, well, things didn't that doesn't feel like things changed that much that quickly. Um, you know, I mean, you, you listen to music, yeah. There's 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 good music throughout. There's there's some bad though too, of course. Stuff stuff that plenty plenty people don't like. But you know, all, all the way to today, I mean, there's still great music coming out, amazingly. Yeah, but it was it was the mechanics of the whole industry. So yeah. it wasn't, it was, might've been less so the music than to how it was yeah. put out, you know, put out there like a bigger manager, corporate sponsorships. I think that was the change. And, and, you know, a lot of the bands pivoted with those changes and accepted that the corporate influence and some didn't. <laughs> yeah. That was always, I mean, it was always the, the fear. I mean, I think as, Holly and I are Generation X, so there was always the yeah. fear of selling out to uh, to mm-hmm. the man. Um, I even remember uh, in um, I, I still think of uh, uh, when Nirvana made the was on the cover of Rolling Stone. Kurt Cobain mm-hmm. wore a shirt that said "Corporate Rock Still Sucks" or "Corporate Ma- Corporate yeah. Magazine Still Suck." Yeah. 
So, you know, it's like, I, I realize I'm selling out, but, but I'm doing this for my career. And I think honestly, you know, like these rock stars, they don't, they don't get to that level unless they are driven and they needed, they, and they want managers who will do that dirty work. So that's why someone like Irving Azov and, you know, and David Geffen, you know, these guys became, artists wanted these guys because Fighting they, for them and doing their doing their dirty yeah. work. Yeah, I mean, they these rock stars want this. They want to make money. Yeah. They want to make millions of dollars. They won't say it publicly, you know, <laughs> but um, and that's that's where that's where the manager comes in, you know. It's Suddenly, not a job for everybody. It's not a job for the faint, you know, the faint-hearted being a the manager of of rock band. That's that's not a job I'd ever want to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a twenty-four-seven job. Oh, but it was it, yeah it's interesting you know that that's why this this moment is is so uh it's one of my favorite scenes from uh yeah. from uh, from the movie just uh, because because you kind of see the switch going off there uh, or actually the switch going on switching on of you know we're going to make it big we're going to go with this guy was there anything else in that lester bangs and the voiceover that that we didn't hear oh yeah in, no, in yeah yeah at this point there, for this minute there are no more <laughs> uh uh, deleted scenes, <laughs> hey. but but what he says they won, and they will ruin rock and roll. I mean, you know, it's it's let Lester, you know, at that point is being, you know, I mean, we we we've heard it more and more times ever since then. These these same things that that you know things are bad, and it's never seemingly played out. It's truly being a death, any kind of death nail. Because any change, I think, you know, any change is seen as as that. And traditionally, it hasn't really been, although there are bands that are struggling now, you know, struggling with uh, with all the streaming services, but that's a whole other, a whole other topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now we do have some music, which is, I mean, that is uh, a primary of importance <laughs> here on, a, on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Um <laughs> We, we care about that a lot. And uh, so we get the wind starting, started to play uh, during this uh, little voiceover and, and then cut to uh, Penny and, and, and certainly additionally the, 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 you know, the vocals come in certainly at a point as well. And, you know, the wind part to me, I mean, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's when it gets to that end of that first line of, of my soul, you know, the wind of my soul. I mean, if it's just the wind that he's talking about, that'd be a crazy thing. But <laughs> the fact that he talks about uh, the wind of my soul and, you know, where, where I'll end up, I think only God really knows. Yeah, that's a, it's a really great song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, but there, and there is one line in there. I, I just, cause, um, I was kind of curious why, you know, there, you know, because it's Cameron Crowe, there's a reason for yeah. every song to be put in to each uh, scene. Um, but yeah, the, the, there's a couple of it says, I let my music take me where my heart wants to go. I swam upon the devil's lake, but never, 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 never. I'll never make the same mistake. No, never, never, never. So, you know, this is when they're trying to decide whether to go with the manager or not. And, and that it's yeah. you know, cut to Penny Lane. So the choice of the song being over Penny dancing, Eric, I'm curious, your, yeah. your, um, the significance of that, not so much of the song, but of her, of it over her dancing. You know, foreshadowing. I mean, there's, there's this, there's this future, at least mm, two, two and a half pivotal scenes still with her. That's for darn sure. Maybe I am. Yeah. No, three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and all of those, I think it's it's these uh, crazy choices that she's making. Uh, you know, I, I'll go ahead. And, you know, t- to to divulge. Well, I mean, it's it's after the the, the first one, really. The, the she, she divulges her name to William. <laughs> this amazing thing that you know you you know, in a sense, maybe you shouldn't have been wondering about this whole time. But at points throughout the movie, I mean, there got to be points where I mean, it's you know, William comes out and asks her <laughs> at points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's for sure. But she didn't answer him. I mean, she didn't answer right. him until later on. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, the, the previous pivotal point for her, I you know, is is her getting up, choosing you know, being you know, getting upset with 
Russell's, you know, choice, <laughs> his choice to, to go with his wife or wife, girlfriend, what have you, um, that, 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 that they, that they turn her away and she gets really upset with that and has her, has her, uh, overdose problem. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Cameron has, has said, uh, in the commentary, Cameron says that uh, Penny dancing in the auditorium, that was his favorite scene in the whole movie. Wow. That um, He's like, I could have let the camera go on for another, uh, you know, hour. I, I was just so happy just to just to see her moving around in that empty auditorium with just kind of lost in the moment. I wonder how long that, do you know how long they, that footage was, the original footage, the raw footage? No. I don't and I'm not, yeah, and I've, I've, it was a little I, bit I, longer. I, 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 listen, I listen to the commentary too, but, I, but I'm awfully positive I even saw, read that uh, line a couple times since I've last listened to the commentary. <laughs> you know, just, just in the various research. But yeah, that, that actual. Yeah, it's fresh in my mind. I just watched this. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, me too. But, but those pivotal points and, and this, you know, listening to the wind of your soul is is something that uh you know maybe that that she feels she's doing when she makes these choices and uh it's just it's just it's that it's that free spirit kind of uh just doing what you feel like whenever you feel like it you know is the way to be and and you know doing anything else is I would think that that would, to her, be a huge betrayal to uh, who she thinks she really is, wants to be, what have you. Yeah. yeah. So I guess I kind of stole the uh, the ending where you know he's she's saying I you know like at the end of the song like I've made this huge mistake I swam in the devil's lake yeah. I'm never going to do that again. Um, it could be yeah it's referring both to Penny but I was I was thinking of the band but yeah. you're talking about and it's also Penny that it's talking about mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Transition time for both of them, for both the band, for Stillwater and Penny yeah. Lane. Yeah. Cut to Voodoo Child. Yeah, right. And, and you know, that's <laughs> that's how we know that, you know, I mean they are leaving the bus behind now and walking towards the plane. Uh we know they've gone with that decision. I mean and and he's there. Uh but Dennis is uh I think he's there. He he's is there now. Yeah. yeah. He, yeah, he's, he's definitely not, there on the plane with them at yeah. later points. That's for sure. Well, I mean, he's, he's hell. He's he's a lead guy. <laughs> you yeah. yeah, they got their own plane, just like uh, just like Led Zeppelin. Yeah, and that's definitely a point I made. Uh, you know, uh, a couple minutes ago as well. That uh, you know, people think that you can't have fun on a plane. <laughs> I've seen pictures <laughs> of, of of Zeppelin with their uh, their band aids. Yeah. Oh, you can. Uh, there's fun on if, planes. If you want to read a yeah, yeah you want to read a book. Uh, there's a Hammer of the Gods. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you could hear, you get all those stories. But yeah, there's uh yeah this in the song Voodoo Child. There, I think it ends with, uh, you know, it says I'm, I'm a Voodoo Child baby. I don't take no for an answer. Mm. You know? So it's uh, yeah, they're turning. <laughs> they're they're following the money. Show me the money. Suddenly we're at a new Cameron Crowe movie. Show <laughs> can I ask your opinion? I, I Can I just go back in time for a split second oh, yeah, to the sure. beginning of this scene <laughs> and ask your opinion? So when, when uh, Dennis was giving his spiel about why they should come with him, why should they, they have big, they should have a big time manager and you are watching the faces of Russell and, you know, yeah. the rest of the band, did you get the feeling that, they really didn't know if they were going to do this, that they were staying loyal to their manager or did, did we know, were we supposed to know in that moment that they were going with, with Dennis? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely these questioning looks to each other, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and even some of the, the things they said verbally, uh, you know, write them out on a rail, you know, uh, you know, that to me during that minute, I, I said, it's, it's, it seems to be, an indication from Jeff there that, uh, you know, he's, he's more loyal than you think that, or he's just get, trying to give a good show to make, to make <laughs> Russell think that Russell and Dick think that. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is he, oh. is, is Jeff that good, good of an actor? I think I'm pretty sure Jason Lee is. 
it turns out. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't think so going back to, you know, pre-mall rats and you're just a skateboarder. <laughs> yeah, I think I always thought he was a good actor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think in the in the initial scene, like, well, we already have a manager, you know, you you know, just you know, it's kind of like, all right, like when you go to a timeshare. Look, I'm not going to buy anything. <laughs> I know I'm here for a reason. I got the I got the the free room. And I got to sit here for and, and listen to you talk, but I'm not going to buy. And then you know, good comparison. You're trapped in there, and of course, they're they're usually good salesmen, but you know, like sometimes it's tough to say no. Just compare timeshares to rock stardom. I did indeed. <laughs> I will do it again. <laughs> uh, well, I think we're winding down. Is there anything else you have <gasps> about this minute before we move on? Uh, so. No, I, I mean, just st still uh, just a, a great, <laughs> great move. Still, uh, It was nice to revisit it. I, I kind of, uh, uh, it was a nice exercise to, uh, to kind of, go through this and kind of relive yeah. like oh yeah that's right oh, so oh yeah this this actress was in in this movie and oh yeah okay. i remember this yeah. and so it's i mean i could see why you do this minute by minute it's just kind of a, yeah. a fun, fun little uh it's a fun movie that never gets old really because you it's one of those things where you discover something new about it every time you watch it yeah i mean in a way it was already old when it was made you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have, have you read cameron crowe's Rolling Stone interviews from when he was 14, 15 years old? Um, I've dabbled a little bit. I don't know that I've even read one all the way through, but I've certainly read parts of, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Need to, uh, yeah, obviously very talented man. <laughs> Who can, <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> the commentary, and it's funny, the commentary is with his mom. Did you know that? You oh, remember yeah. That? Yeah, that's. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, I'll, oh, I'll let you borrow the DVD so you can get <laughs> Thank Watch you. the whole extended, uh, yeah. Do you like the extended scene? I, it's it's better when they cut it down, in my opinion. Like, yeah, I mean, I, it's it's, yeah. it's nice to have those extra little things, mm -hmm. but in a whole movie, he it was for the better to uh, to cut to cut it down. Yeah, it, it's it, it yeah it, it can be a bit much, you know, to 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 go ahead and sit for the, the two hours and. 40 odd minutes <laughs> of that whole, uh, uh, director's cut. Um, you know, you, there's, there's two or three. It would be great to also have in the theatrical and, and, but, uh, yeah, I, I'd go with theatrical. That's, that's, that's why I end up doing for this, for this, you know, it's, it just, it just made more sense to keep it. And so many, so many people don't know about that extended cut. I knew. I just can't believe we never watched it. Yeah, getting 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 you you guests, you know, not not you specifically, especially Dave. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, well, when of... I mean, when we used to buy, we don't buy DVDs anymore. But yeah. when we did, it was always like, oh, you can watch the director's cut. You could hear the director's commentary. I'm sure maybe like uh, you know one percent or less actually took the time to watch the the extended cuts or deleted scenes. So you just want to, you know. It's the old line, don't bore us, get to the chorus. It's just, uh, I, I want to see this, this an hour and a half movie that's wow. packed with, uh, you know, with great scenes. That's a great analogy between the, the, the director's cut and <laughs> Tiny Dancer. Yeah. It takes yeah. forever to get to the chorus. <laughs> yeah. Well, is there anything else you can tell us about this scene? Uh, okay. the, the very ending scene or just overall the whole minute? Uh, this minute, yeah. the minute. Yeah, the whole minute, uh, yeah, not not too much else. I mean, it's... How does it rate? Do you rate these minutes? Like, if you were going to oh, sequence, <laughs> like an album, if you're going to sequence yeah. uh, your minutes, is this like top, would you put this top 10, or is it like top 20 minutes? This or... has to be top 10. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely top 10. I mean, it's got <laughs> two two of the most excellent things. And then even, like I said, spliced there in the middle, you don't see him, but you hear him, and it's and it's an amazing, some amazing uh, verbiage from uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman as Lester yeah. Bangs. 
you know, even though I don't agree with it, it's wonderful to hear. <laughs> That's another book. If you can look at, go into yeah. um, um, his writing for Cream Magazine, and he has a book out that, uh, shoot, I've got it somewhere, and I can't remember the name of it, but um, but it's worth looking up and uh, and and digging into to his writing because it's, you know, it's it's pretty much a stream of consciousness, kind of like the way mm. Philip Seymour Hoffman played the played the character. <laughs> This film, it just reminded me, rewatching it, how brilliantly it was cast. It was perfectly cast. Well, yeah. and I mean, I, I think the huge, hugest casting stuff I heard, I mean, I, I'd heard bits and pieces, but just how close it was to other people uh, playing uh, Russell, uh, Brad Pitt. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> not the same and it would not be the same. I, 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 you know, I mean, I, I love, I love what Brad Pitt does in Twelve Monkeys and Seven, you know, but, but, you know, yeah, Russell, Russell is just so more subdued. <laughs> I mean, except for when he's high. <laughs> well, Brad Pitt is yeah. a fabulous actor, and I have no oh, yeah. doubt he could have done a great job with this, mm-hmm. and especially, you know, it was twenty years ago. 20 years ago? It was 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. No, that, but, that's what I was getting to is that, yeah, because this, this year was the 20th anniversary and this past year, uh, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, uh, definitely. Uh, and, and there was, there was another podcast that came out that just like did six episodes total. Um, and, and, but, and they had, you know, all, all you know, Cameron Crow and almost everyone else, you know. Mm. Good stuff. Yeah. Still, yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah, I saw it. I saw it in the theaters. Did you see it in the theater? Yeah, this was one of this was one of those movies where it's like, oh, it's got this is everything I want in a film. I'm rock and roll. <laughs> there, there's no way I'm going to miss this movie. Yeah. So yeah, it was, I was. I do remember seeing it. Yeah, and, and I had just gradu- graduated from college that year, uh, and this, this okay. came out in September. And. Uh, I, I just I just was not going to going to movies <laughs> when I was trying to figure out what else to do with my life. <laughs> how to continue? I had a yeah I had a one year old. I still I think we got we uh, must have hired got the grandparents to to yeah. watch the kids because uh, yeah. yeah but it this was one year old is now twenty one and drinking yeah, so right. you know it's wow. <laughs> no but it's, thank you for giving us the opportunity to rewatch it. Oh yeah oh thank thank and yeah thank you for coming on but we do have a couple things to kind of really really uh wind up oh, the I've episode heard, i've heard um, about this yeah so yeah dave if you want to if you want to take a stab at it first uh your ranking of the uh four bands oh, oh my god that that are most commonly believed to make up the band Stillwater. <laughs> where did you hear this where did you get these four names well from? you know and really there's definitely a fifth that i you know very much wanted to excise and that was poco i just could not excise couldn't, poco I mean, I, I mean, I couldn't even name name a song of theirs. So, <laughs> compared. To... Oh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Night. All right, we're yeah. older. That's yeah. fine. Um, yeah, I was thinking. <laughs> you, yeah, like little feet. If you want, would, if you can little... want to put Poco in here. <laughs> Actually, I might substitute. I mean, I would think Little Feet would really? might even be in, instead of Poco because they oh. were that was like a Warner Brother. They're kind of like a, a Leonard Skinner, Almond Brothers. Yeah, and th- th- yeah. There's one song by them in the soundtrack. So that's right. What oh, yeah. shoot? What's the what song is it? You know better than I do. What is on the soundtrack? Can you tell us? I have the full list. I have a spreadsheet for it. <laughs> of course you do. Yeah. Um. Uh, easy to slip. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh. Mm. I mean, you, you always have to go Zeppelin. I mean, I, I feel like I don't want to be conscious. There's no way to be. <laughs> Why would anyone not put Zeppelin? Let's, are you going to put the Eagles first, Holly? <laughs> she might. Yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah, you two can go back and forth, back and forth. We I know go, each other very well. Yeah, because I would yeah. go Zeppelin, then Almond Brothers. Um, oh, I know they got... The, they're heading towards the plane, so that makes me think of Leonard Skinner. So that's... <laughs> Unfortunately, not um, Zeppelin. Well, no. I, well, because oh, the, heading towards the plane. Oh, god. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that sorry. Whole, gotcha. Um, yeah, Zeppelin, Almond Brothers, um, probably Eagles and Skinnerd. I, I guess Skinnerd hasn't. Uh, 
But at the time, you know, like if we go back into the 70s, I don't know if I would put Skinner above the Eagles. Like, are we doing it like judging from 2020? <laughs> Well, whatever you want. Being <laughs> that it is 2020, yeah, you're you're putting you're you're overthinking it. I am over. Okay, so <laughs> all right, so Zeppelin, Allman Brothers, Eagles, and Leonard Skinner. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I have Eagles, wow. Zeppelin, Leonard Skinner, and Allman Brothers. You're putting yeah. what? That is <laughs> that is incorrect. I'm sorry. There is uh, no way. I don't think you can tell me my opinion is incorrect. How long? I don't. Know been partners for so long this if we were playing the dating game this would not go well <laughs> yeah good point yeah oh, well i uh, went with my first i went with my fine. first you know your immediate you know now i can go back and rethink it and maybe i would move up the almond brothers no you go with your your instincts that's you know it's like taking the sat you take your you go with your first uh first choice <laughs> right don't overthink it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah okay fine. eagle zeppelin I'm gonna hold that over your head for a long time holly but have at it oh, yeah i know <laughs> so why don't we now hear from uh holly about uh your history with the movie oh my history with the movie i remember okay i'm gonna i will preface this by saying so my husband and i have been together forever and we used to go see you know we we always went to movies every weekend and i remember seeing in the theater uh, almost famous and we both were gaga over it it's just it, I mean, you can't say it just appealed to us perfectly there's no better movie for us for for both of us um our love of music love just the, the rock and roll lifestyle we were all this was our our scene um but we didn't watch it for for many years after and you know as we become a little older and more curmudgeonly we we might have watched it we did not expose our kids to it. My kids are also, you know, late teens and, and mm. early 20s, have not exposed our kids to it. Although my son recently, when we, I was rewatching it, said that he would he would watch it. Um, but as my husband, who is now much, much pickier about what he will watch, he's in that, that industry and he will not subject himself to anything. Uh, it has to really draw him in um, something about it. I said, when I found out that we were going to get to do this with you, I said, would you rewatch this with me? And he was all over it from the second I met it. And we were so excited and we were just (laughs) gaga. We actually watched it over two nights because we wanted to, you know, savor the experience. (laughs) Yeah. So it was great. So I can't remember how many, I hadn't seen it. If, if we've watched it in between 1990 and, and this viewing, it might have been once, uh, you know, er, very early on. It's been many years since we've seen it. I was so happy. I was just, and there was so much I'd forgotten and um, just the actors in it, you know, every, everything about it. It just, it is, this is such a perfect film. And, you know, we've always been Cameron Crowe films, uh, fans. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, happy yeah, and, and ready to watch it again as soon as my kids say, yeah, and, and know, definitely, they're ready. And definitely the, uh, I mean, you know, see what you think about the, the, Director's cut. I will. Yeah, I'll let Definitely. you borrow it. Thank you. <laughs> I'm in. I will watch. I, I, you have my word. You've said that before. Holly. I know. I say that about a lot of films today <laughs> to to placate him, but this I one try. I will. I, she's like one of my children. I try and get him to watch these things. <laughs> Although I will say now, um, because I have the DVD, um, my kids for some reason they gravitate towards the '70s. They kind of like those um, mm-hmm. th- these films that are set in that era. Uh, one of their favorites is the movie Dazed and Confused. And um, which is, you know, now I said it out loud, like, Ooh, I'd like to do a minute by minute for Dazed and Confused. That'd yeah. be. Yeah. As far as I know, no one has. <laughs> There's our um, next podcast. Yeah. That's one of those that I can probably recite. Um, so they kind of, they did gravitate towards um, because I, I did buy the DVD. Uh, and so I, I've watched this with them and they, they love it as well. Um, and, and watch, you know, when they were teenagers. So it was it was fun for them, especially because they saw, oh my God, that's Zoe Deschanel. We love her. She, you know, the new girl. She's an elf. You know, so um, uh, um, so that that's that was fun for her. And and they, um, for for both, I have two daughters, uh, and they they both love it. And in fact, my my younger daughter in her 
in her uh, apartment, she has uh, the Led Zeppelin playing photo yeah. of, of them, you know, all four of them standing up there and Robert Plant, arms wide open, like, here we are. This is, this is rock and roll, my friends. And uh, so yeah, my, my daughter, uh, she, she's got that up on our wall. I, every time I talk to her, I see that poster. Um, in fact, we got to talk to Bob Gruen, the guy who, taught, who took that photo for our oh, What Difference cool. Does It Make podcast. Plug away. <laughs> got to plug the podcast um so anyway so that it's, it's been a good movie for us to that I, i've been able to share with my my family and that uh so that's that's kind of why it means a lot to me as well as because i'm a music fan so yeah that's that's great that's uh yeah yeah and then yeah that's one thing i i definitely would uh also suggest to to you holly is is uh Try to try to nudge your kids <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> a little more. You know, it's great to hear that one one at least is a bit interested. But uh... yeah, I I I can force them. But as Dave and I have discussed before, nothing has the impact you want it to have when you force them to do yeah. something. Yeah, understand <laughs> that. But yeah, I will I will motivate them, and I think just by talking about how much it meant to us, and it really did. I mean, this film just that Dave, it just it just that period, I don't know if it was that period in our lives, but, you know, always having been into music and going to concerts and bands and knowing band, I mean, rock and roll was our thing, is our thing. Oh, yeah. Well, that was the genius of Cameron Crowe, is he yeah. hits those emotional yeah. points and he punctuates it with, with the right music cue and... Uh, Thank you, know. Nancy Wilson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right? right? She was the music supervisor on this, wasn't she? Uh, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, she definitely did the the, the you know... You know, all of the score like, you know, even though it wasn't with a, some big orchestra, you know, it was, you know, you know, generally much more simple than that. Um, some, some, you know, uh, easy, easy picking guitar work, but also some, some other little, little interesting things in the recording studio. But, um, uh, but then, uh, she, yeah, she certainly also did help write, uh, help or, or, or fully write uh, at least a couple of the songs uh, and a little bit of Peter Frampton too. Yeah, and, and even Cameron Crowe threw in some lyrical, you know, things for for one or two of the songs, and then mm-hmm. even a couple other, I think, uh, songwriters uh, went went in there. We we uh, we found out just uh, we got a better uh, take on just a couple minutes ago again. Ah, appreciate I... appreciate those guests that uh, enlightened us a little bit more. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I was just saying I should do a minute by minute also yeah. of the movie singles because that's another one that uh, yeah. that, that always uh, <laughs> I just love <laughs> with with Nancy Wilson you know just, yeah no she does all the, the music for that too one of us one of us now for we got to get her on the podcast to do the style uh, yeah uh, yeah that would be amazing now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So uh, the last thing we really need to do to wrap up, I think, is is uh, hear more about your shows. I mean, just explain better and and uh, give you know give uh, the people uh, let let them know how to find you. This is where Holly takes it over. <laughs> Go All ahead, right. be the manager. You're gonna come on. You're gonna be Dennis. You're Dennis, and you're gonna sell us on it. I'm not. A, I'm not a great dentist. I don't really think I'm a great dentist. You're a way better dentist. However, Dave and I are the the co-hosts of the What Difference Does It Make podcast. We love all things '80s. We talk about the music, mostly the music, uh, but also a lot of pop pop culture. We kind of go year by year, and we also do a lot of interviews with with some of our our uh, favorite artists from the '80s and um, some authors. Anyone related to the '80s. And uh, we're just because we're passionate about the music and and the era. So that is our podcast. You can find us on on um, any podcast platform. Now we're a part, member also, as Eric said, of the Pantheon Podcast family. Uh, you can check out our website WDDIM Podcast, and you know on social media WDDIM Podcast. So thanks for checking us out. We've talked. We've talked to a few seventies artists too, like Jefferson. Jefferson Starship. Starship. Yeah, because yes. they're <laughs> they'd be they would be right in the middle right. there of like uh, that that type of era that uh, yeah you know, was famous. Yeah, you're 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 the show on the network that actually had a lot of the band members, at least from the current lineup of of Jefferson Starship, right? Yeah, oh, and also so yeah, we, I listened listen yeah. to that episode or episode. We talked two, to uh, yeah the the immediate family who played yeah, with. That's... 
you know, Stevie Nicks and, and Warren Zevon and uh, um, Carol King, uh, you know, like all the, all these all these are Jackson Brown, Linda Ronstadt. You know, that was kind of one of our uh, that was a, a really fun episode. We had like all these guys that have, that was the backing band for for these artists. So that that was a great interview, wow. a great show. So yeah, once in a while we get some some really good. Actually, I think weekly we get someone really good. Yeah. <laughs> it's been oh, pretty so. consistent. <laughs> yeah, and we also we like talking to people who who love the music. Also, just you know, people people who you know, radio personalities. We talk to anybody who's who's passionate about it or knowledgeable about the the music. Your kid Leos, your Lisa Robinsons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for letting us plug it, and and uh, thanks for having us on. Yeah, thanks, Eric. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, you're you're very welcome. I yeah, I try to have fun. I try to have uh, some uh, interesting things to uh, note, and <laughs> I think we did so here. Uh, so this was a uh, minute seventy eight. Um, uh, again, uh, uh, Pantheon Podcast Network is where you can find this show. Uh, Feels like Weezer and what difference does it make? And many, many more at uh, PantheonPodcast.com. Uh, just uh, let people know if they want to message me, uh, the show, uh, much more privately uh, via email. Uh, you can send us uh, an email at almostfamousminute at gmail.com. Uh, and we'll probably let it go for there. Um, so, like I said, this was Minute 78. We'll be back next week or maybe two. Uh, minute 79 uh, next. And until then, it's all happening. It's all happening. happening. I am a golden god! It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.